Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerds Hundle and today I want to share with you somebody who's on a journey of self-healing. She is a former chronic patient, she's now a physical therapist and was told she can never recover from a chronic condition. She not only healed this, she now helps other people to recover using the same education to help them to live a vibrant and healthy life. Hi Cheryl, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Gerds. I am so happy to be here. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Well, bless you. I'm just excited to share your story of how you really took your power back and would just love for you to share what your life was like before you you had chronic pain. Well, my life was actually, you know, pretty fun. I was working full time in a local hospital as a respiratory therapist. Um, You know, I was an avid, avid skier, uh, also a dancer. Um, I would take ballet class several days a week and I was into Pilates. So I had a very full life. I was going to work, going to Pilates, going to ballet class and, you know, going up to the beautiful mountains. The Rocky Mountains in Colorado are just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And the skiing was fantastic. So that's basically what my life was. Wow. Sounds like a pretty cool, easygoing life. And then as you were just enjoying this life, suddenly something happened, right? Yes, it did. What started out as like a little bit of discomfort and tension in my low back, I, you know, I tried to ignore it at first because that's what you do, you know, it'll go away. And then it got much worse. And so I tried to treat it myself with, you know, Advil and hot packs and stretching and that didn't work either. Mm. So in just a few short months, I went from being this healthy, active, vibrant young woman to being a chronic pain patient. Mm. So instead of doing all the activities that I loved to do, I was going to my doctor's appointments, physical therapy appointments. I was going to massage therapy. I was doing all of the exercises and the stretches that the physical therapists gave me, even though they weren't helping. I was taking all the medications, the pain pills, the muscle relaxers, the anti-inflammatories. But instead of getting better, I was getting worse, progressively worse. So I lived that horrible life of a chronic pain patient for two and a half years. I couldn't work as much as I, I couldn't work full time. I had to cut back on my hours. So my income, you know, was definitely like cut in half. I had planned on getting my master's degree in physical therapy, and that was kind of put on hold. So after two and a half years, one of my doctors finally told me that I was never going to have the life that I wanted or the life that I had before. 
I was a chronic pain patient and I would always be a chronic pain patient. And I would never even be able to do such simple tasks as my laundry and my grocery shopping all in the same day because the arthritis in my spine was so severe, I would end up being bedridden. Wow. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. That must have just felt, I, I can understand with what you're saying actually, because um, if you know my story, but like I, I've always had like different health problems, but then in 2015, my body just shut down and mm. I was like running around, living off three hours sleep, speaking on stages, Ugh. coaching, writing, you name it. And I suddenly just want overnight, just boom. It was like my body shut down An ambulance had to come and take me. The paramedic said I had something wrong with my kidney, but as oh. you know, sometimes in emergency places they don't really check up on you so they were like oh no no it's just a urine infection I'm like it's not a urine infection like uh, my body could feel it and I'd worked um in a pharmacy whilst growing up so I was aware of like symptoms and things um so they ignored it then my GP uh, ended up giving me antibiotics which made it worse like what you were saying with more the more pain stuff medication you take the worse the more worse it yes, gets right <laughs> yes and then I fought for two years with different consultants and they finally realized I had a kidney defect I was born with it nobody oh. ever told me in 29 years at that point in my life that I had that um then I had to save my kidney so I ended up being operated and saving the kidney and then I, and I'm thinking right I'm healthy again great I can go out again like you know how you would feel right After right something my body shut down again kind of like you said bed bound most days couldn't do things the way I used to almost like having a battle with yourself I, I mm -hmm. it was, which you can relate to as well like it, it, it's like toying with your emotions and your feelings like what's happening to me and then I then I get diagnosed with kidney disease and I'm like oh my god oh, what's god. going on universe but then I, you know as you get to your low points the universe always provides you with an answer but I think if you're willing to listen and absolutely so, right like and then so as that was happening I was like universe just show me a way like show me an answer what can I do to heal and then believe it or not it was somebody I remembered years ago that I used to listen to on a radio show called Medical Medium I don't know if you've heard of him Anthony Williams and I just found out he had like written about kidney disease and like healing self-healing with natural foods and so I started doing that and within the space of seven months I reversed the kidney disease Oh, isn't that, I know that's, that's a very tragic story, but it's also a beautiful story as well, because, you know, our bodies just have such an incredible capacity to heal itself. It just needs the right support and the right environment to do so. And, you know, when you're taking those medications and you keep getting these negative comments and the negative mm. labels and the diagnoses and all that kind of stuff, it just, you know, messes with your mind as well as your body and your spirit. It's absolutely devastating. And, you know, when that one doctor told me, you know, that I was, you know, never going to be able to have the life that I wanted before, you know, blah, 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 all that terrible, terrible messages that she was sending me, you know, it was, it was almost like I couldn't even digest it. Mm. It was like, this woman is taking my hope away. Yeah. And, you know, you said you were 29, you were a young woman. I was in my mid thirties when this happened and taking away somebody's hope is just a horrible thing to do. And yeah. that's what she did. She took away my hope. She destroyed my dreams. She mm. shattered my spirit 
spirit. And she left me, you know, as a broken shell of myself. And then she told me to, you know, start applying for disability because I was definitely wow. going to need it. Yeah. Right. That, it's like they take you to, so like now I'm in my mid thirties, but like, it's like, it's almost like we give our power away so much to all these medical people, but actually don't realize that they don't always have the answers. And usually when they're saying these things, it's because they don't have an answer. They don't know what is going on with you. And it's exactly something deeply rooted. It could be like, you might have chronic fatigue or you've got too much inflammation in your body, but you need the natural foods or the natural vitamins that are going to help you to heal, not be told mm you need a disability badge or this is what your life's <laughs> going to look like. It's like you're already feeling low as it is. And now you're making me feel even like smaller. Like I do understand that it's, but I think that's the beauty of like people like you and I, it's like, we're not willing to, to like, what's the word? Accept that we're like, no, exactly. we, we can find a solution. And that's what you believe. Like, that's what you did. And so did I. Okay, Gerds. So I actually wrote down the words disability badge. I had never heard that before. And I absolutely love it because that's it. It's almost like they're putting a sign or a badge when they put this label on you. And, you know, you're talking about the medical community. And do you know what was even more confounding to me was that I was part of the medical community. I was a respiratory therapist. So All I knew at the time was Western medicine, Western medical modalities. And, you know, I mean, there I was asking for help from, pardon me, you know, a, a industry or a community that I was a part of and I believed in. And I was getting, you know, kind of like slapped down, you know, you just let us take care of you. We will take care of you. And I thought that's just not sitting well with me. So, you know, I went home and I actually hit rock bottom for a couple of days. And then, and I don't know how it happened again, the universe, you know, divine intervention, whatever, maybe I think I've always had a fighting spirit in me. And that's, I found my fighting spirit and it was like, you know what, you have to figure this out on your own. It's your responsibility to fix this. Nobody else can, they're going to, and you know, they weren't doing a very good job anyway. So I fired my medical team much to their chagrin. They I thought, like clapping, oh, by the way, what's that? <laughs> I feel like clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I understand. So, um, you know, it's like they were so upset because I needed them Mm. and they told me I was going to get injured. I was going to get hurt. And it's like, well, look at me now, you know, so that's when I knew I was definitely on the right track. So what I did was I just started, um, you know, I stopped doing all the stupid exercises and stretches that the therapists gave me because they weren't working. I stopped going to the doctors. I stopped taking all the medications and I started to just pay attention to how I was moving and how I was feeling when I did certain movement patterns. So I really started to pay attention to myself going within that self-awareness and, you know, self-evaluation, but in a non-judgment judgmental way. Okay. If I move like this, that makes my pain worse. If I do this, it makes it better. So I was my own expert. Yeah. That's the key is to be your own expert, to be your own self healer. And I think so many of us, even from a young age, we're giving our power away to 
people that don't even give us 10 minutes to even listen to our health problems, yet we want them to to fix us or help us. When really we have the answers from within. Learn. I feel like what I've learned over the years is that, God, I've got a bit of a tickle in my throat as well. One second. (laughs) It's a bit weird. Um, It's like learn the diagnosis from the medical industry, but then also learn what you can do to self-heal and what you can do to best make your body feel better and you feel better. And they hate people like you and I who've been in the (laughs) medical system because we ask questions, right? They just want us to shut up, not say anything and just say, yep, okay, thank you. They really dislike people like us because they know we know more information than they would like us to. And actually, weirdly enough, my, my, um, consultant did tell me I had kidney disease I actually found out through a charity when I had my blunts done because I knew something wasn't right with me and they weren't they they were ignoring me I weren't even giving me the time of day so I ended up speaking to a kidney charity saying I think I might be I might have these symptoms because it's been going on for so long and then they got me to get my blood test results and then they looked into it and they said yes you were you were you had um, stage two kidney disease and then I oh went my God. back to my consultant they're like how do you know this so it's like instead of going oh now we understand what's going on with you oh actually like it's almost like how dare you go behind our back <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and you know when uh, when I am um, confronted with a practitioner like that I just thank them very much and I grab my purse and I leave because it's like I will not tolerate that anymore and you know you said you're in your mid-30s now I'm actually in my mid-60s what? and you know no. I know yeah I know you do not I look don't... like you're in your 60s I thought you were in your 40s oh my god well no no and you know what I'm glad I'm in my 60s because my 30s weren't so good my 40s were even worse and I figured I didn't even know if I was going to make it to 50 and when I finally got to 50 you know it was like it, it was it was I don't know if you've ever seen the Wizard of Oz you know yes. when Dorothy's <laughs> out and sees all those beautiful colors from, you know, and that's kind of what my life was like once I turned 50. And it has been just a wonderful life. I mean, of course, bad things happen. But uh, yeah, turning 50 was the best thing that happened. It was so good to me that that when I turned 60, I went running toward it with my arms wide open going, bring it on, baby, I am ready Mm -hmm. for it. So, and when you think about that, and, you know, I take martial arts, I still do my ballet classes. I even started pole dancing when I was 58 years old, and I'm still doing that now. And you look back at those people who labeled me the chronic pain patient who would never be able to do my groceries and my laundry all in the same day, because the quote, I'm using air quotes here, arthritis in my spine was so severe, I'd be bedridden. And I was in so much pain that I believed, you know, how would I ever get out of it until finally I said, no, this is not the life for me. Wow. Wow. Kind of brings tears to my eyes, like, and goosebumps at the same time. It's just, (laughs) yeah, gosh. Yeah. it's, It's so true what you're saying, everything like, it's so key to know yourself, know your body, know your mind as well, and your soul. Yes. If, if you don't know any of those things, you're, you're, you're constantly relying on out like resources outside of you, and that's when you give your power away. But the key mm-hmm. is to go within and ask yourself those questions. What do I need right now? What is my body craving? What does she want to do? And I think you'll always get the answers. 
and the divine or universe will always give you the answers even when you're at your lowest point there'll be exactly. like a message <laughs> you know and i think it happens even more when you are at your lowest point and that's when you learn this as a life skill and it to me it's a form of survival mm. you know because my survival is a lot more important to me than it would be to anybody else unless my family you know my husband or somebody close to me but you know my desire to not only survive but to thrive is very strong and i think it it's that way with most of us and we just get distracted with all of the noise and what happens too i think when we're sick or we you know are in pain is it clouds our ability it clouds our judgment and we just want to run away from the pain as much as we can, you know, and go to somebody, please make this pain stop. But if we can turn that around and instead of running away from the pain, again, open our arms, embrace it and say, what is happening here? My body is trying to tell me something. What is it trying to tell me? What is it that I need to take care of myself? So I can do what I want to do and even to take care of others at the same time. I think as well, just from what you're saying, it's also you need to be surrounded by the right people because a lot of people when you're ill or yeah. have some, some kind of health problem decide to then vent at you more, which I, I've never understood. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> person's already suffering as it is doesn't mean to then have more somebody else's energy on top of them but it's really surrounding yourself with people who are going to make you feel safe make you yes. feel heard and understood and not say oh well I have this ache today as if you're like kind of like neglecting how you're feeling right you know I'm so glad you brought that up because that is such <laughs> an important point too is to surround yourself with positive people or people who, you know, really do support and care for you. And that brings me to, you know, I won't tell you the entire story, but my very best and dearest friend, we were friends, Gerds, for 30 years, Aww. like almost inseparable. <laughs> and I realized, and it was, you know, not this chronic pain syndrome, but it was a, another thing that happened to me later, um, of uh, several years later that I realized I had to break up with her. Oh. And what's really fascinating is how do you tell somebody? Cause I had to really look deep within myself because she was driving me crazy for years. <laughs> I was just over it. I was over this friendship. I would come home after, you know, going out to dinner or lunch with her. And I would just be in such a bad mood and so angry that mm. I realized, you know what? I haven't, how do you tell somebody that you've been friends with for 30 years that you haven't liked them for the past 15 and you've been figuring out trying to figure out a way to break up with them for the past 10? Oh, God. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I can't believe you kept it on for that long. Oh, my gosh. Years, uh, it, wow. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's a long story, but finally I did it. I, you know, broke up with her. There was I just kind of pulled away slowly just trickled out of her life. You know, of course she tried to rope me back in mm. and you know what? It was the best decision I have ever made when it was finally over. I felt like somebody had taken 50 pounds of, of garbage off of the top of my head. 
Wow. And that that's another part of the healing process is to recognize those toxic relationships that are sucking your life's blood, mm-hmm. you know, and your energy. If you come back from having a, a you know, girl date or day, you know, together and you are so drained and exhausted, you might want to rethink that relationship. 100%. And even if like you're making changes in your life. So yesterday was actually, um, I've been nine years over yesterday. That was my anniversary. And uh, happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> it's gone so fast. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember when I first said to some friends at that time, I, I'm not going to drink for a week. And they're like, oh, you can't, you, you, you won't be able to survive. And then a week became three months and six mm. months. And these people were so used to like me drinking on nights out with them that one time gosh it's horrible when I think about it even now I said I said I don't want to drink and one of my friends at that time tried to put a drink down my throat and then I realized <gasps> yeah to me that was a disrespect and you overstepped the line there with me I remember feeling that and I have stayed away from those people ever since and I've been nine years sober happier um my friendship circles of my friendship circles like change a lot over time anyway um uh-huh. but I started my inner work 10 years ago almost and as I started evolving, I noticed people that I was around were toxic. Well, they weren't really toxic. It was just their energy and their emotions that I was picking up was toxic. Cause I think nobody's really toxic. I think it's just their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was around people who were constantly complaining it to me. I was a people pleaser. I listened to people's problems till like three in the morning. I was that Ugh. kind of person. So as I was cutting these ties, just like you said, like some friends were so difficult to let go of because I'd known them my whole childhood or my my early mm-hmm. life. But the moment I cut ties, I was just free. I could breathe again. Yes, that's, I was just going to say, did you feel like you could breathe? Yes, 100%. And then- as the universe works, when I had my, my, my kidney problem start in 2015, I had to learn the hard way who were my true friends whilst I was going through that. And again, people were being released. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I, by then, then it was so easy. I was so used to, I was like, right, people go, people come in. It's fine. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had that swing, swinging, um, you know, swinging revolving doors or whatever on some of the friendships. But, you know, I, 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 I'm stuck on that one friend trying to pour a drink down your throat. That's not only disrespecting, you know, your boundaries and disrespecting you as a person. That's almost like an assault. Yeah, actually, I never thought about it that way. Gosh. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm a ninja yeah. and I, you know, and I look for, a bear, a, a, you know, bad behavior and stuff, but that's, I mean, that is, it's almost like an assault, I you know, I mean, was- you know, who gives you the, who gave her the right to do that or him? Exactly. And I think when I look back at that friendship, we were friends for so many years, but I think every time I had a win, she was never happy for me. Every time I got a new uh. job, she was never happy for me. And I remember it used to hurt, but I would never say anything. And then mm-hmm. I was flying out to Canada and like, I, I, so this was when I, gosh, we're talking 2010, I was working in Canada, but just before I was leaving, I wanted to catch up, but they, they were like, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. So I wasn't going to see them for months. So again, every time there was always an excuse for anything that was good happening in my life. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised that she did that. And now I look back and think, well, that the, the signs were already there beforehand. I just chose to ignore it. So that had to be a bigger sign for me to realize this person is not good for me in my life and that was like I guess pulling off the the band-aid right (laughs) ripping it off yeah that was a big one you know and it's it's really funny um it's funny have you ever heard the story about the crabs and the bucket of crabs 
I haven't actually, no. <laughs> okay, because this is this is kind of like an example of uh, what you're talking about, because some people do not want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Some people do want to hold you down and keep yes. you back. And it's like the story, there's some type of crab, I don't know, but if you're, you know, gathering these crabs and you put them in a bucket, you know, you're collecting them for, for dinner, I guess. And if one of the crabs starts to climb up the side of the bucket to get out, the other crabs will pull him back down. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that, you know, when I first heard that story, I was like, whoa, that kind of blew me away. And that even happens, you know, not only with our friends, but sometimes with our family, the family circle, you know, the, the tribe is yes. what I call it. Because when you go against the tribe, that kind of threatens their very existence. It's like, well, why are you doing this? I I moved away from my hometown. I'm from a small steel town in Western Pennsylvania. And um, that's why I now live in Denver, Colorado, because <laughs> I just really wanted to get away. I wanted to see a little bit more of the world. I wanted to, you know, ski the Rockies. And I was the third child out of five. Wow. But I was the first one to really leave home. Mm. And it just shocked everybody. (laughs) My mother told up until the time I was 40, my mother would tell people that I ran away from home when I was 21. I mean, it's like, mom, really, you know, come on now. Um, But but it was going against the grain and it was something that people just did not do. Hmm. I hear so you. That's, I'm, I hear yeah. you because I'm from a different town. I'm, I'm from a different city as well, and I moved to London. And it is. It's like people are just so people are not happy with what you want to do. I remember when I first said to certain friends at that time again, "Oh, um, I'm moving to London." Like, oh, why would you want to move there? It's like this. People are like that. And I'm thinking, great. <laughs> I just yeah. want to learn the like life and just be myself. But I think it really teaches you when you move away. You get to almost like have a fresh start in life because you don't have the people around you that you grew up with. You don't have the expectations or the limited Mm -hmm. beliefs that you grew up with. You really have a space to grow where nobody knows you and you get to decide who is allowed in your daily life and not. Exactly. And you get to problem solve. And that was another big um, issue. I was told by a lot of people, not just my family. So this was starting to, you know, go out to, you know, like the people that I was going to school with and, you know, in college, because I left just about three or four days after graduating college with a college roommate. We just packed up my little rickety car and drove out to Colorado. But, you know, what are you going to do? You're not smart enough to be on your own. How are you going to deal if you have a problem? What if you get sick? What if, you know, this or that? It's like, I'm 21. I'm an adult. I'm fairly intelligent. You know, I'm not moving to, you know, outer Siberia. I'm going to a a town, you know, or a small city as it was at the time. So yeah, it's really funny. People do want to hold you back and maybe they're doing it out of concern or love, not wanting you to be hurt or not wanting to, but you know what, if you don't go out and you try new things, you're going to regret it someday. Exactly. Like you don't know yourself. If you're surrounded by the same things every single day around the same people, you're not going to grow. You need to be challenged. You need to be in new environments. You need to... Mm -hmm. Be, be, be around people who are going to challenge you as well because you might not be getting challenged in your small town that you grew up with because everybody follows the same rules <laughs> oh yeah gosh 
Ooh, well, dodge that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you about, so, you know, you said that you, you had all these, like, like your chronic pain started happening. Then you started to heal. You got into like martial arts. So how did martial arts help you to heal from PTSD? Oh boy, that's another long story. So once I did, you know, um, fire my medical team and, and took my own health into my own hands, guess what? I did add acupuncture. That's the only thing I added. And it took me about eight to nine months and I was completely pain-free. Wow. Um, I was stiff. I was out of shape. I was overweight, but I was out of pain. So I figured I can start working on myself and as soon as that happened, I got uh, accepted into physical therapy school. And, you know, two years later, I graduated just uh, three months shy of my 40th birthday. Again, I was even more out of shape and stiff and because of, you know, having that was a grueling program. And so I spent at least, you know, eight hours a day in, in school and at least, you know, four to six hours every day studying and 12 hours every day on the weekends. So no time to do my ballet or Pilates or anything. So it was a, you know, when I graduated, it was like, okay, go back to the basics again, do exactly what you did, um, you know, to get into shape, you know, or, or to heal from your, your chronic pain syndrome. And I got myself back into shape. I was 44 years old. I was looking good. I was feeling good. I had opened up my own private physical therapy practice and everything was going fine. And then I got the rug pulled out from underneath me again. Yeah, here we go back to the medical community and uh, <laughs> of which I've been a part of for 40 years. So it's really painful to have to admit this. But at the age of 44, I walked into a doctor's office as a healthy, vibrant, you know, active young woman. Mm. And I walked out a statistic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Ugh. I know. Yep. And, you know, that happens and it happens a lot more often than people might think. And I was so shocked, you know, I was so horrified and I tried to report it right away. You know, first thing you do is you go to your trusted friends or, you know, husband or, or whatever, and everybody shut me down. So I understand why people do, why women do not report when they've been assaulted Yeah, because the way I was treated afterwards was just as bad, maybe even worse than the actual assault itself. Oh. Yes. So because of that, I naturally, you know, stuffed it, put a big old smile on my face and pretended everything was fine after all my friends, even my ballet friends, you know, I lost an awful lot of weight um, because of the stress and the anxiety and the hypervigilance. And so all of the women were following me around the recovering anorexics would follow me around in ballet class, trying to counsel me uh, you know, about my eating disorder. And I says, you don't understand. This is what's happened to me. Please, somebody help me. No, no, you've got an eating disorder. There's something you know wrong with you. Again, you know, people just, so I had to try, you know, I, I just, I had nobody to turn to. I had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, you know, it just put me into full-blown PTSD. And about a year, it's about, it's a very long story, but it was, just a few months after this happened to me, I met a man, um, a new acupuncturist. And I met this guy and he was putting needles in my legs for the first time. And he got a very far away look on his face. And he said, you know, with your legs and my coaching, I could teach you how to kill with these things. 
Hmm. And I thought, okay, who thinks like this, let alone <laughs> says it out loud. And I'm looking for my purse so I could grab my purse and run. But I was basically pinned to the table, literally right. and figuratively. So I couldn't leave. And I was like, oh, thanks anyway. But no, I think I'll save my killer legs to ba- for ballet class. Well, it took a year before he found out what my story was because I was triggered again. I went full-blown bonkers, PTSD. It was crazy, crazy, crazy times. And nobody would listen to me. But for some reason, I knew that Mark, my acupuncturist, would. So once he heard the story, you know, he started treating me for the symptoms and his um, campaign to get me on the mat went into high gear. He really wanted me to train with him. He had a dojo, martial arts dojo right next to his acupuncture clinic. And I kept saying no, because I, you know, I'm a fussy girl. I'm not going to do martial arts. Oh, my God. You know, sweating and screaming men and all that kind of stuff. And no, it was just (laughs) not in my future. And it took him three years. And I finally said, you know what, I am going to take a few classes because I I do want to learn a few self-defense techniques. I know I need them, but I'm going to take a few classes to teach you or to show you how much I'm going to hate it. And then I'm going to quit. Ten years later, I became (laughs) his first female black belt. In 20 years of teaching, he never had a a woman achieve such a high rank. And since that time, he's only had one other woman do it. Um, so yeah, the healing power of movement and the healing power of martial art and the healing power of being able to take your power back, to find mm. your voice, to stand your ground. You know, I, I thank God every day for this opportunity that I had to study this art. As a matter of fact, I was there yesterday. I'm still training wow. and <laughs> I know, I, I know, and I might be going for my third level black belt. I'm, I'm still considering it. I'm not sure if I really want to or not, but I'm considering it. Wow. I think you do it. Life's too short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> The world is your oyster, right? So it yeah. is, it is. So, you know, so that's basically how I, I healed from the trauma of PTSD. And I'm not saying that martial arts is the answer for every person, mm-hmm. but I am saying that there is a way for everybody to heal, you know, and, and you just have to find your own path and your own way to get there. Beautiful. But it's possible. Gosh, wow. That is beautiful. And just Hearing your story is giving me goosebumps. Oh, it's giving me goosebumps too. It's like, did, <laughs> uh, did that, you know, sometimes it's, did that really happen to me? Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, you're a very inspirational person who's been through so much, but you have so much hope. And, and that is what is beautiful to hear is like, no matter what life is throwing at you, you've just got up and you fought back and you're like, like, I'm going to say yes. fuck you. And you've just been like, right, yes. I'm going to find a solution. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I have to admit that, you know, when I was in my twenties and my thirties, I really wasn't that positive of a person. And it took some of these hits, mm. you know, to take me to the point of such desperation and thinking I would never, you know, I would never survive that. It's like, wow, look at me now. I mean, yeah. wow. Wow. <laughs> <Literally>. and, 
And it I is want, wow. It is wow. And I just want anybody and everybody who's listening to this to understand that they've got, they are their own expert. They know, you know, your body better than anybody else does. And you have such power, such strength and such grace inside of you that you can tap into. Oh, that is beautiful. Like, oh, magic. <laughs> yeah. Cause I believe the same, like, cause I, cause even like with me, like I started my healing journey just almost nearly 10 years ago, but again, it was going from within. I was healing my emotional wounds and, yes. you know, I could have gone to a therapist. I could have gone to a counselor, but I think with me, it's like, I've always had this awareness um, mm-hmm. of what I needed. And so like, I wrote my whole life story out in 30 hours and saw, sorry, 30, sorry. Oh. In, I was about to say 30 hours. No, no, no. I wrote 30 pages in seven hours. Um, when wow. I went on this emotional journey. So what had happened is up till my 25th birthday, like my life was a mess. I was like drinking excessively going off the rails, unhappy people, pleaser, sacrificing my time. Mm. And then I get uh, made redundant which I was happy about. I was sliding up and down my hallway in my flat when I got made redundant. I was like, yes, I can breathe again. But then uh-huh. just before my 25th birthday, I got, got I got um, diagnosed with a cancer scare and that's oh. what scared me, Cheryl. So like that woke me up when I went into the, um, into the room and the doctor said, we misdiagnose you. I ran out, <gasps> I, I ran out of the hospital crying and I heard it's time to heal. And it just, I went on this amazing journey of just like, I don't even know how I did it. I wrote 30 pages in seven hours. I saw the patterns of my life from my childhood where everything had happened. I looked in the mirror and I said, it's time to heal. And I just cried my eyes out. And I just went on this beautiful journey of learning how to heal. Like I was learning self-love, healing modalities, had a radio (laughs) show, started teaching young people how to produce movies, inspiring them. Like I've gone on a crazy, amazing journey. And then like yourself, then I, it was like 2015 came and then boom, my health just went. And then I had to learn how to surrender and listen to my body. So like, I really understand the power of self-healing. Like I've actually only been to a counselor once. And that was last year when I was just trying to understand when I was diagnosed um, Mm -hmm. with kidney disease, what can I do? And then I just had that chat. And then I was like, aha, epiphany, saw the patterns and learn what to do but that's what I mean like you you're a pure example of like you can heal your body I'm also a pure example you can heal the mind and body as well and we both mm. can are showing people out there that it is possible but you need to really take your power back and the only way you can mm-hmm. take your power back is listening from within because your gut and your intuition is always going to guide you but you need mm-hmm. to be ready to hear it because if you mm-hmm. won't you're going to get more messages just like me. Like, oh gosh, when I was younger, lots of different health problems kept happening. And then I'd balance, then I'd go back into another situation. I had like a car accident at 21 and had short-term memory loss. And I learned oh. how to relive again. And then I went back into my old patterns of overworking and the universe was like, right, we're going to make your left arm not work. So you'll have to learn your lesson. But again, didn't <laughs> listen till the cancer scare happened. So <laughs> yeah. the universe is yeah. always going to show you but it's, you have to listen. And if you're not willing to listen, he's going to, he or she up there is going to give you a big lesson. <laughs> yes. I call it the proverbial two by four, because when I look back, it's like, I all had so many messages leading up to both of like, you know, these terrible events in my life, mm. you know, and it, and it was like, I would ignore them, ignore them, ignore them. And then finally it's like a whack across the head. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll listen now. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. 
We're on the same wavelength. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, it's, it is, you know, and so the listeners know, I mean, it is kind of scary to to look at yourself like that. It is kind of scary to go within and really, you know, kind of see what your patterns are, but it's also so empowering. And Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, how long did you work with that counselor? Oh, probably like two months, not even that. And it was like one, I probably had like three sessions, but it was because there was something else going on in my life at that time. And then I got diagnosed at the same time Uh and it was just too much, two things happening in one go. So for the first time in my life, I was, I can't, I don't know what to do. Normally I'd I'd be like, universe, show me the way, but nothing. But that didn't, it just helped me to just clear the thoughts in my head. But then I went back to my intuition. So yeah. 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 Cause I, I did see, I saw one counselor and, um, Oh my gosh, that lasted, I think for two visits and she, I couldn't stand being in the same room with her. And, you know, it was like, I just couldn't stand it. And then I did find somebody else, but, you know, he kept triggering me and I thought, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, and, and if, and every time he would trigger me, he would say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I I learned from you. I'm learning from you. And I remember looking at him and saying, can I have a continuing education discount if I'm giving you all of this education and you're learning from me? And it's like, you know what, you know, I had already started going to the dojo and um, that was my, that was my counselor, you know, learning to move my body in such a way. And this probably sounds terrible, but being able to hit and punch and kick somebody and, you know, and throw someone and learn how to take down somebody who's, you know, twice your size and half your age is very therapeutic. How badass. Yeah. 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 Feels good. Yeah. I was just going to say the, the, the male counselor you probably were seeing, and I see this so much. And like, even with my clients, like that come to me, like they'll go see a counselor or a therapist, but the, the therapist or the counselor or the psychologist hasn't actually done their own inner healing. So they're actually inflicting their pain onto their patients. Like you've got to do your inner work if you're going to help people yeah. because you're going to hurt them. Well, he even told me that, you know, he had his own experience with PTSD and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's why he got into it in the first place. And I remember thinking, well, then you should be smarter than that. <laughs> You should have been healing from it already before. Yeah, Yeah, you should know better. And actually he was, when he found out that um, Mark, you know, my acupuncturist, because he knew I was seeing Mark, you know, for acupuncture. When he found out that he was badgering me to take classes from him, he says, wait a minute, Mark teaches martial arts and he wants to teach you. And I said, well, yeah. And then he says, you know, you need to just try it. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. But he said that he did some judo, you know, to help him heal from his trauma. But he didn't tell me until later that he stopped. He didn't last long because he dislocated his shoulder, you know, doing judo. And I thought, okay, well, so you're not very coordinated either because, you know, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) Mm. I think there is power in moving your body, whether it's martial arts or another sport, but also even like dancing, like it's something mm. in the hips. Like I think when you move your hips and you move your yep. body, it releases that stagnant energy that's like been stored in your body, especially in the lower chakras. I, I spotted that. It Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry. Even like belly dancing and anything you really, you really got the target on that one. It is about moving your hips. Yeah. 
Mm, because once you heal that, it, that, there's so much power, in, especially the women in our hips, there's so much power, but it's been taken away. If you think about it for centuries, we're told like, you know, to follow the rules, be a good girl, people please, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But really there's so much power in your body and your movement and your hips, especially because like, if you think about it, you're giving birth, your hips, mm-hmm. everything. It's, it's, it's a powerful energy down there. And if you're not moving it, it's going to get stagnant. Exactly. What I tell the women that I work with, because I've taught quite a bit of um, self-defense classes. And of course, I teach Ooh. you know the martial arts, too. Um, and when I'm working with a woman, I always say, you know, to, to move from your Dantian or, you know, your Hara is what we call it in Japanese or yeah. uh, I, which chakra is it? I don't know my chakras very well. I think would that be your second chakra? The, you know, the Dantian or... I can never remember either. I think it's a solar. Okay. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes. Um, I call it, I tell the women, you know, to move from that, that part of their body. I says, it is the center of the universe, the power of your uterus. Oh, and they just look at me and I say, you think about, yes, you think (laughs) about this laser like strength and force coming from there. That is where movement starts and you start moving from there and then you'll be moving your hips and everything will start to loosen up. Oh, that is gold. Honestly, it's so powerful. I almost feel like this in this day and age, women are really learning how to honestly take their power back, not just emotionally physically spiritually but even financially like in all areas Mm -hmm. that probably like for yourself growing up it was like you were probably seen as like what's the word like a rebel (laughs) oh yeah yeah I mean it was so funny my mother one time told me um and this, you know, both my parents passed away in 2010, but it was oh. probably a few months before. Yeah, it was 19 days apart. It was a crazy, crazy wow. situation. Gosh. I know. Oh. Yeah. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with them and I flew back home um, almost once a month, actually, the the year that it got really bad. But anyway, um, I was telling her a story. I think it was a story about the dojo. I can't really remember. And she just looked at me because, you know, I have four sisters, Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's another reason why I live out here. But uh, she just looked at me and she said, out of all of my kids, including the grandkids, you are the one that never ceases to surprise me. Oh, and I took that as a compliment. You're doing things that your mom dreamt of doing that she never did. I think that's what it is. You it could have been her, you showed yeah. her hope in the power if you would just let yourself be free and trust in yourself you, life is beautiful yep mm, yeah I really feel so, that. And like you said it you said it earlier the world is your oyster yeah and I think that's what it is even like because like I'm in my mid-30s but even when I look at the younger generation now the women women are just really thriving in themselves and really like owning their power and I think it's so beautiful to see because I don't remember growing up feeling like that yeah I, and, uh, and if you didn't, I certainly didn't because I'm I'm a baby boomer. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like that's you. That's what I meant. Like you were like seen as a rebel because I can't even imagine like like even my mum. Like my mum was such a free spirit. She's around like she's in her sixties as well, and mm-hmm. I just think God, she must have been labeled to something as well. <laughs> just living out again. She lived out before she was married. She's Indian, so it was like oh, she's not married. Like shocker. Like doing uh-huh. her own thing. You know doing charity work on the side she was a nurse you know I can just see it like 
they just see these women like yourselves as rebels but like now our generation is just like another different ball game <laughs> but it's powerful to see I think there's so much magic in femininity and we've long lived in this masculine energy world yeah yeah and I think the feminine is definitely rising but we do need masculine and feminine that's just I just want to say that out there because yeah. you need the masculine to thrive and get things done but you also need the feminine to slow down and surrender and hear your wisdom from within. Do you know, this is really funny. And I say it to a lot of people that, you know, of course, like I said, in my training, uh, you know, oftentimes I was the only woman in class. And of course the guys weren't used to having a fussy woman like me (laughs) in class, you know, anytime a woman would show up, they were a little bit, you know, not as, not as fussy and as girly as, as I was. And, you know, they wouldn't have to excuse themselves to step off the mat and refresh their, their lipstick, stuff like that. But it was so funny. So we didn't really know how to communicate with each other at first, but when we did, it was the guys in the dojo. Cause of course they were training me, but they were the ones that were really helping me tap into that feminine energy and my feminine <gasps> power. Wow. Wow. They were amazing, especially, of course, Mark, um, you know, my sensei, uh, who, of course, we're still, you know, pretty close and still training together. He's 71 now and I'm 65. So wow. it's been a very long relationship. But yeah, they're the ones that helped me um, learn how to be a female warrior and wow. to use my feminine wiles and my my girliness, my femininity to help, you know, um, be the warrior princess or the warrior queen that I am now. Wow. That blows my mind. And that's so beautiful and so powerful. And it just shows that we we can always support each other in those energy fields. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And work together. And it's really funny because even a lot of the men would come up to me, you know, you know, one-on-one and pull me aside and say, hey, I have this problem. Could you help me with it? And a lot of times it was either with a technique that they were struggling with in martial arts, or it might've been a personal problem or a problem they were even having with one of the other students. But it was funny that they would feel comfortable coming to me rather than going mm-hmm. to one of the other black belts or even Mark. I guess they knew that, you know, I don't know if, if it was just, she's a woman, she'll listen. I think it's that you had no judgment. Yes, that too. Mm. Yeah. You were an open ear that would just be honest, but also have no judgment. And I guess, yeah, also giving them that support, which is the femininity side. So giving them that support that they just needed that bit of encouragement that they probably would have got from, as we would say, from the men. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then of course, it's you know, it's that male ego too, and the male bonding thing and hurrah, you know, that they didn't, of course, have to feel that with me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. And oh, we are coming towards the end of the show. I want to talk about your book. Can you tell us about your new book that's coming out tomorrow? Yes. Well, it should be tomorrow, I hope. Um, It's certainly been a long journey so far. But the title of the book is The Reluctant Ninja. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) How a Middle-Aged Princess Became a Warrior Queen. And it um, chronicles my story. So I I do tell my story um, of going through, you know, healing from the trauma through martial arts And going up through the ranks, it is full of some really funny, funny stories, 
um, heartbreaking stories, stories of betrayal, stories of triumph, um, of success, of empowerment. And I really, really hope that the women who read it, you know, get that sense of inspiration and understanding that they have such inherent skills, talents, power, um, and inner strength within mm. them. And they can use that strength and still be a woman. I, my tagline is look like a woman, act like a lady, move like a ninja and think like a warrior. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. And where can the listeners find your book? You can go to my website and that is www.cherylilove.com. You can go to Amazon. Um, I'm there. I have both my books. I My first book was published five and a half years ago, and that is forever fit and flexible, feeling fabulous at 50 and beyond. So got both of those books are going to be, they're both um, available on Amazon. So you can find them there. Beautiful. And what are your five top tips for someone who's currently going through chronic pain and they don't really know where to start or heal? Great question. The first tip is remember because somebody put a label on you as a chronic pain patient or a chronic illness or whatever the diagnosis is, you are not that label. So once you hear that label often enough, you believe it and then you become it. So don't accept it. Just say, okay, thank you. You know, but now I'm going to look for other alternatives, which is the second tip. Look for alternatives, do your own homework. There are so many incredibly powerful healing modalities out there, alternative health and healing that can help you. You don't want to try everything at once, of course, um, just one thing at a time. If it works, that's fantastic. If it doesn't work, do not worry. There's always something else out there for you to try. It wasn't quite like that when I went through my um, chronic pain syndrome 30 years ago, but now there is so much out there. There are things to try like um, cranial sacral therapy, Reiki, Feldenkrais, Alexander technique, um, oh, so many different things, you know, therapeutic yoga, uh, meditation, just keep looking, which brings me to point number three, keep an open mind. Keep an open mind and, oh, and acupuncture too. If something doesn't work for you, that's okay. If you try something and you feel that you have quote unquote failed, you have not failed. There's no such thing as failure. Only opportunities to learn. So if something doesn't work, you check that off your list and say, okay. So we eliminate that, keep going keep looking, keep exploring. Number four is keep moving. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You don't have to go to martial arts class. You don't have to go to, you know, ballet or belly dancing or whatever, but keep moving. Even if it's just getting up out of the chair, you know, twice as many times as you would before, even if it means just being able to get out of bed, keep moving. If it means just walking around your house, that is going to help with the healing process, even if it might hurt or it doesn't feel like it at first or you're too exhausted. Baby steps, you will get there. 
walk around the inside of your house. The next time, you know, after a week or so, maybe you can walk in front of your house. Maybe then in another few weeks, you can walk around the block. Just keep moving. That's what your body is craving. It's not only good for your body, your circulation, your lymphatic flow, your nervous system. It's also good for your mind, your mental health, your body, soul, and spirit. Number five, be kind to yourself. Treat yourself. You know, that we always talk about self-love, self-care, you know, but what does it really mean to you? You know, look in the mirror and start to like the person that looks back at you. Realize that you have so much potential. You're such a beautiful soul inside and out and treat yourself like you would treat somebody else that you really loved and cared about. Give yourself little treats, even if it's something like a bubble bath, turning off the lights and just putting on some music, anything that really feeds your soul and your spirit. Take the time to do that and show yourself some self-love. Right now, it's February. Um, it's this what I call, and a lot of us do, the season of love. Make it the season of self-love for you. Mm. That's and that's it. Those are beautiful top tips. I really love the last one as well. Like it's February, the month of love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are you most grateful for? You know, I, this is going to sound a little bit strange, but I really am grateful for the hurts that I have had. I'm really grateful for the transgressions, you know, for, um, you know, Yeah, I'm grateful for some of the, I don't want to say abuse, but some of the misuse that I have experienced because it's through those experiences that I got to where I am right now. I understand. I understand what you mean because you wouldn't be who you are. No. Yeah. What shines your inner light? Mm, What shines my inner light? You know, I just think it's love and humor. (laughs) I think I was blessed with an incredible sense of humor. My whole family is. I was raised in a tribe that has incredible sharp wit and humor. Uh, We laugh at everything, including ourselves most of the time. Um, And that just keeps me going as well as the desire to shine that light for other people to see the light in themselves, because if they can see it in someone like me, who's been through so much and just can look at, you know, life in a way that, wow, this is really pretty cool. I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know how much time anybody has left, but it's Mm -hmm. been one heck of a ride. And I just want to enjoy it up until the very end. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl, for just being a powerful soul then healing and helping so many other people to take their power back and trust the wisdom from within. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so happy that I had the opportunity to meet you and to talk to you. And I am so proud to be able to include you in my circle of friends. And I'm going to be very honored to have you on my podcast soon as well. So you can tell your story to my audience. Oh, bless you. Wow, what a powerful interview with Cheryl. It just shows that it doesn't matter where you are in life, like anything is possible. You can heal 
any situation. It's just the first step is finding a solution. Once you find a solution, then people and situations magically appear to help you on that journey. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. If you can carry joy in your heart, you can heal any moment. That's a quote by Carlos Santana. Take care, my sisters. Bye. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.